What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to Plus Added Time here on Project Dits. As always and every week, my name is Nathan, and with me is Stephen Gerrard to my Roy Keane. It is Dara. Back, Nathan. Great to hear your voice. It's fantastic to hear your voice. I get lonely sometimes. It is, it is. Well, international football still going on, so it's been an extra long week for us. Yeah, it's, this is two weeks where I've not been able to ask you how shit a Fulham. <laughs> but Mitrovic with the penalty against Scotland, it's still, you know, it's been topical, but it won't come up this week, I'm afraid. It, it won't so, come up this week because that was last week. <laughs> anyone who's hoping for a bit of Mitrovic discussion, you know, you're out of luck. I'm sorry. He might have played, but I don't care. <laughs> so, that's really the um the best thing I found from international uh football was just watching the Scotland players celebrate in the dressing room after night and listening to like um, some boogie night song or something. Yeah, that's celebrated. Yeah. yeah, I can't remember what the song was now. It wasn't boogie night. Uh, I know, I know oh, the one you mean. I'm not going to sing it. But gone out of my head. <laughs> uh, how how are you? You must be. Are you injured? Um, well, you know, I, I'm not injured, but I think I have a pretty high chance of, you know, at least making the bench uh, Sunday against Leicester. <laughs> I'm keeping the phone off silent just to be safe. But uh, yeah, obviously <laughs> more injuries because um, it wouldn't be international break without a few injuries, uh, especially to centre back for Liverpool. Reese Williams, who, you know, at the start of the season, I, I won't lie, I've never heard of him. He'd spend the season out alone in the conference and then all of a sudden he's staring for us in the Premier League. Now he's injured, so we can't even rely on Reese Williams. Stuck with Joe Matip and Nathaniel Phillips, only two centre-backs at the club. Yeah. Is Fabinho definitely not going to be playing? Not this weekend, no. He's another couple of weeks to go yet. And obviously oh. no Trent Alexander-Arnold. Well, what we'll do, we'll get we'll get the actual football bit out of the way before, on this podcast before we get into the nonsense. Let's look at the games <laughs> to come this weekend because the Premier League is back and so is European football. So we'll see if there's anything interesting. And one that's flown under the radar that I didn't even realise was this weekend. Spurs Man City. Mourinho Guardiola. It's shocking, isn't it? I had no idea either. I had until... Uh, just before this podcast, well, I went up to look at the fixtures because I was like, we're looking for some talking points because we prepare for this. <laughs> uh, then <laughs> when no one has spoken about it, I, I usually we'd see video packages by now, <laughs> everything like that. But it's, instead, it's just Jose sat doing leg extensions in the gym on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> but what what's going to happen this time, Pep? V Jose, who are you backing in this, yeah, in this race? It's, it's not, you know, all classical. It's not Real Barca. It's um, Spurs Man City. It's kind of, you know, it's going to go one of either ways because that's usually how football works. Um, I'm thinking I'm thinking Spurs hold out for like a 1-0. Either that or Man City just show up and just play them off the pitch. But Spurs have been good this season. They have been very good. And we are recording on the same day that Pep just signed a two-year extension at Man City. A suspiciously short amount of time. Yeah. And then even the timing of it in general, it's a very weird time to sign a contract, isn't it? It's weird because Pep signing a two-year extension, it is really seriously looking like they will have Messi 
because there's no other options on the table for the guy and he will be a free agent in the summer unless there's a miraculous U-turn from him at his side at Barcelona. Barcelona who are skint. <laughs> so, <laughs> so maybe that's just the two years they expect to have Messi at the club because he's no spring chicken. He is getting as, on a bit, isn't he? Yeah. As incredible as he is, I think what, he's 34 now, isn't he? 33, 34? Yeah, age six, I think. Not age six years old, 1986. <laughs> Obviously, <laughs> today he says. <laughs> so he's he thirty-four like this this year, or he already is thirty-four. So maybe that's what they're they're hoping for. But I'm I think Jose is going to pull it off. Yeah. Speaking of Man City, actually, you'll never guess what I saw today, Nathan. What I you saw today? I wasn't even aware they existed. A Man City fan, and he was what? over over the age of forty. Very strange. Where did you see this person? I was out for a out for a walk in my you know daily exercise, because uh, I can do that. It's lockdown, but you know, and um, yeah, he was just there with his uh, Man City hat and gloves. I That's that so very strange. weird. Yeah, that is very weird. I wouldn't have thought they existed out in the wild. I would say they're going extinct, but they never existed to begin with. So they're just no. kind of just there. Even though he's over forty, he still used to be a Chelsea fan. <laughs> Uh, elsewhere on any interesting fixtures list um, and I'm not going to say United West Brom it's not interesting <laughs> in any way shape or form I expect us to win um, and uh, Newcastle Chelsea it is it's a tasty looking one being at St James's Park yeah obviously well, I can't even remember if it's Chelsea or if it's Mourinho but one of them have a really bad record at St James's I'm I think thinking it's Chelsea. It's, is it Chelsea? But I, again, Newcastle are just, you know, so defensive. I can't see, I can't see a world where they beat Chelsea. Yeah, and for those that are regular listeners, and I should have led with this, so I'm sorry. We obviously did say last week we were going to have uh, Celtic fan TV joining us for this podcast. Uh, it is my fault that there's been a rescheduling because <clears throat> my my real life job got rescheduled at the last moment so but they will be joining us next week just after they go to somewhere where they actually have a horrendous record which is Hibernian haven't won since your boy Virgil van Dyke was on the score sheet back in 2014 wow we might have an angry Scott next week (laughs) (laughs) and there's never been one of them ever so (laughs) I look forward to that yeah so that'll be next week guys it is it is um where the episode is coming uh, over in La Liga. I think there's a couple of interesting fixtures uh, over there. Villarreal, Unai Emery's Villarreal, who are having a decent season against a Sergio Ramos. That is Ooh. no Sergio Ramos for Real Madrid. He's going to uh, score the goals. No one. No, no one. Maybe Francis Coquelin. <laughs> I meant for Real Madrid, but you know, I wouldn't put a pass Francis. <laughs> But it's not just Ramos that Real Madrid are without this weekend. Uh, it is also Varane. No Varane. No Casemiro. No Carvajal. No Valverde. And Karim Benzema at the minute is he's 50-50 chance of playing. Uh, but Villarreal and you're going you're gonna to then decide Madrid are about to win when I tell you that they will have no Alberto Moreno. Oh, well, just just call off the season. 
that's the season finished. <laughs> so I think Villarreal should go into that game full of hope. Yeah, I won't see why not at home and everything. Uh, and uh, as we move to Sunday, let's throw back to the Premier League. Uh, Leeds Arsenal are where I'm going to start off at. Arsenal yeah. have won. Well, they've won four of eight so far. It's not been a great start from them. Ubamiang hasn't scored since the opening day. Shocking that, isn't it? And he hasn't scored since he signed his new deal. He was just holding out, holding out. <laughs> Respect the hustle. Uh, so, um, I'm going to go for a draw in that one. I don't think it's going to get any better because they are also missing a couple of players as well. Yeah. Apparently, David Luiz and Ceballos had a, like a fight in training. Did they? I did not hear about this. This is in the papers, so it might be made up. But Anthony in the papers is always true. <laughs> so what are oh, you talking I about? I do apologise. I do apologise. All right, <laughs> let's get to it. Leicester, well, Liverpool-Leicester is at Anfield, but that is about the only advantage you have. <laughs> Especially when a world-class manager like Brendan Rodgers is coming to, <laughs> to Anfield. <laughs> um, no, it's, it's going to be a good game. I think it's going to be a very balanced game based on... Obviously, all the injuries. I think Leicester actually going to this as, you know, or even pardon Liverpool going to this as underdogs, perhaps, you know, unbeaten at Anfield in uh, three and a half years nearly now. But, you know, Brendan Rodgers with a fit Jamie Verdi, and he's up against you know Nathaniel Phillips. I, I you know, it doesn't strike me with confidence. And one thing actually is, no Joe Gomez obviously for a long time I imagine, but could be a bit of a blessing in disguise because he is always caught at the back never holding the line well and Verdi would pounce upon that I reckon yeah I think you're clutching at straws with that (laughs) (laughs) I need help (laughs) you do have you do have Wijnaldum you got you got Jota yeah the thing about Wijnaldum is he goes away with the Dutch national team and he suddenly becomes Johan Cruyff He'll score, like, <laughs> four in two games. He'll come back to Liverpool. He'll score one all season. So I, I don't know what's going on. But, uh, no, a great player, obviously. Obviously, yeah, he is, he is fantastic. And I think there's a reason that they're looking like there's going to be plenty of contract offers on the table for him. Because he's not signed a new one yet, has he? No, no, that is a bit bit worrying. I I have always been a fan of Genie one album. Yeah, look, look fantastic. Him and uh, Sissoko... Uh, since leaving Newcastle, kind of when Aldum didn't really have any doubters, I think Sissoko has proven a few people wrong of late at Spurs as well. But uh, yeah, all logic says Leicester win this, but I wouldn't in no universe be surprised if Liverpool win. You can't bet against this Liverpool you can't. team. You just can't. You can't, and we've seen it happen all the time where a side has loads of injuries. They have to put together a real, a, just a real shambles of a defence on paper. And then it, it's an absolute rock. It's, it, to use a United example, is going away to Paris and uh, <laughs> a finally an injury-free Axel Tanzebe after... <coughs> Sorry, excuse me. Ooh. After a... Um, had something stuck in my throat. I was getting again emotional thinking about his performance <laughs> in the defence, and he made Neymar cry. So, 
Yeah, being a Liverpool fan, I'm used to, you know, terrible defences. But we are also missing Mohamed Salah for the game. He went to his brother's wedding uh, over in Egypt um, and he's contracted the virus. The virus. The virus. Uh, that sucks. Salah is a fantastic, to be objective for a second, Salah is such a fantastic player to watch. Uh, so he's going to be missing for this game. Definitely. And uh, it, again, it points towards Leicester just having a big advantage. <laughs> it's just it, like, under, there's no way like Leicester shouldn't be winning this game. But again, it is Liverpool and Anfield, you know. It's Liverpool Anfield and it's the most topsy-turvy, weird season perhaps the Premier League has ever seen. So <laughs> would any would anyone bet against it being like a 4-4 draw and Leicester with their full defence outlook like just as bad? But, but I think Leicester do need to attack, but they also just need to stay a little bit calm because they know you guys aren't going to be able to press like you usually do. Yeah, it's... I'm, I'm imagining it's going to be a front three of Mane, Firmino and Jota um, in whatever order you want. You know, um, I don't know. It's obviously no Jordan Henderson. He's he's a doubt. He's not a definite no. But without Henderson, you know, I think the team lacks real leadership. You know, know when to press, how to pass it. Um, I'm sure you've seen that clip in was it Atlanta of Henderson just screaming yeah, at the team. Yeah, just screaming at everyone. And that's what a captain should 100% do and I think again I I think if Leicester just go there and play their game don't just go all out guns blazing yeah because the counter-attack is still there especially with Mane on the pitch I think Mane still gives you an absolute shot I Mm -hmm. think if he was to go missing that would kind of be the end of this match but (laughs) with him there and his pace and his ability to to kind of get things going and Rogers is in such great form. Yeah, Rogers just needs to take emotion out of the game. Maybe that he's going back to Anfield, he feels he needs to prove a point. But I think if he just plays it cool, sticks to the game plan, uh, whatever that is, I reckon he's got a real chance. A hundred percent. But uh, that's enough of the football talk. Cause I, <laughs> Dara, would onto like the nonsense. Onto <laughs> the nonsense, and it comes in the form of a quiz. Because I don't know if you know this. But in October this year, it was five years since Klopp joined Liverpool. 8th of October 2015. I remember well, Nathan. It's exactly. And <laughs> uh, so I have 13 questions on those five years in front of me. Ooh. Now, I didn't write these questions. I found them on the Internet. <laughs> but we're just going to quiz. We're just going to throw it out to you and see Ooh. what you know about these five years. OK, OK. Are you ready? I, I am. Yeah. This Here we go. go. Which red has played the most games under Klopp? Okay, straight away, I think I think I know it. Is it Firmino? It is Bobby Firmino. Yeah, perfect. Well done. Straight in, no messing around there. <laughs> yeah. Now, as of the 8th of October of this year, how many times across all competitions has Klopp lost? And bear in mind, that was 272 games. How many have you lost? I have to guess the exact number of games that we've lost. I will give years. you a point if you get if you get it kind of one either side. Well, okay, let's see. This this is all competitions, did you say? 
Who did you say? He's making excellent radio. <laughs> did you, did you hear what I said? No. No, I think I lost you for a second. Oh, sorry. Um, is it all competitions? Is that what you all said? competitions. Okay, right. So let's say if he's losing. Okay, when we're good, we're probably losing about four a season, maybe. So four, eight. Um, I'd say something around the number of about 21. I apologise to all the Liverpool fans listening. No way. Because he overhyped everyone. It is 50. He's lost 50 games of football. He has lost 50 games. God, oh, that was terrible. Who scored the first European goal under Jurgen Klopp? Okay, I'm pretty sure I know this exactly because I think it was the first goal scored under Jurgen Klopp. It should be Emre Chan versus Ruben Kazan. Oh, Emre Can, he gets it right. Even got the club right, that's an extra point. If anyone can, Emre can. How many players has Klopp added to the squad since he arrived? And that includes loans and free transfers. That includes Stephen Colker on loan. Okay, thanks, Nathan. Um, (laughs) Again, I'm going to go in the same sort of region as the losses. I'm going to say about 25. You're going to get the point because it's 26. Oh, okay, okay. Well done. Well done. So I do need to give you uh, the options for this one because of the teams I'm about to list, who are the only ones to have beaten Jurgen Klopp's Liverpool side? Okay, wait. If you name a team, I, I should be able to tell you after you've said that, yes or no. Is that, that how we'll do yeah, it? Okay. let's do it. Okay. Stoke City. Stoke City. Okay. Stoke no. City Klopp? No. No, I don't think so. Everton. No, I know 100%. <laughs> Newcastle United. Ooh. Yes, yes, they have. Brighton. Straight away, I'm thinking no. No, I don't think so. You're bang on. In his yeah. first meeting in 2015, Newcastle did beat Jurgen Klopp's Liverpool. Genie one Aldum scored. Lad, lad. There you go. Who said this about Jurgen Klopp after the league title win? He is our leader. He has set the tone for all of this from the day he walked in. Um, Boris Johnson? No. Um, (laughs) (laughs) He's our leader. Um, Oh, that's a tough one. Um, I'm just going to go Jordan Henderson. It was Jordan Henderson. Dara is on fire. (laughs) Who scored the most goals and assists combined? I know I've said that wrong, but I was reading the question wrong. So who was the most goals and assists combined under Jurgen Klopp? It it has to be only one person. It can't be anyone other than Salah. It is Mohamed Salah. Well done. Yeah, okay. You're killing this quiz. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fill in the blank. This is a Jurgen Klopp quote, but there's obviously some of it taken out. We saw the European Cup. Madrid had all the fucking luck. We swear we'll keep. We'll bring it back to Liverpool. So what comes after the word keep? I have no idea. I'm going to say fighting. It is. Is it? Being cool. It was not fighting. 
Oh, sorry. <laughs> keep on being cool. We'll bring it back to Liverpool. He said that after oh. the defeat to Real Madrid. That's a very kind of your dark quote, isn't it? <laughs> Genie, Mark. I think you're going to get this immediately. But who were in Liverpool's group on the way to their sixth Champions League? Okay. PSG, Napoli, Red Star Belgrade. Absolutely on the money. Yeah. <laughs> He's too good, guys. He's too good. I've enjoyed this. Yeah. <laughs> True or false? Jurgen Klopp was the first manager to take an English side to three European finals in his first three seasons in European competition. Okay, well, straight away I'm thinking that has to be true, but wait a second. Um, Ferguson didn't do it. Wenger didn't do it. Mourinho, no. Yeah, true, surely. Has to be. It is true. The Europa League 15-16, where um, Liverpool absolutely capitulated. Yeah, leg just fell off. Champions League uh, 2018-19, where the whole squad had a concussion. (laughs) And then the 19-20 final, where they needed a lucky penalty to win. (laughs) (laughs) He's not wrong. Can you give me the correct order of Liverpool's Premier League finishes under Klopp. I, okay, if I don't get this wrong, I'm going to be fuming. Okay. Eighth, fourth, fourth, second, first. My God, he didn't even need thinking time. That was not Bang. edited, ladies and gentlemen. He is just that good. <laughs> I don't have it like written up in front of me either, I promise. <laughs> Liverpool broke the English top flight record for the quickest run to 30 wins in a single season. But how many games did it take to do that in the oh. season 1920? That's oh. 2019 and 2020, it's not. Okay, well, obviously, United and Watford were the first two. But I'm trying to think when we would have played the ter- got the 30th. Um, so it's going to be something like, you know, I was going to say 34. He's going 34. It was 34. Oh, smashing it, lad. He is absolutely killing it. So which of these statements I'm about to read for you about Liverpool's 2019-2020 title winning season is false? So which one is made up? (laughs) Dejan Lovren and Virgil van Dijk both got an assist. Oh, God. A club record of 14 wins in away matches was set. Liverpool, the first team in history to win the league title in an eighth different decade. English league title, for those listening that aren't aware, football did exist before 1992. (laughs) Klopp's side occupied the top spot in the league after every match day. That's a tough one, you know. Was it which one's tr- one is true or one is false? One which of one these, one of those was made up. I can read them again if you like. I think I, th- I think I have them. I think I have them. Um, okay. One is false. That is a tough question, you know. You know, I'm just gonna go ahead and say the last one is false, thinking that someone, someone maybe won four 0 on the opening day of the season. You are correct. Well done. Oh. Okay. So, <laughs> because I gave you the. Uh, Actually, no, this is correct. 12 out of 13. Well done. 
Ooh. The only one you got wrong was the how many did he lost? How no, I got lost? the the Klopp Klopp quote. I said fighting or something like that. Oh yeah, so I just gave you the gave you the point. <laughs> I appreciate. I oh, know. I think I clicked on the right answer anyway, just to move it along. <laughs> there we go. There you go. 12, 12 out of thirteen. Need to be yeah. Not uh, that was that was hard. I think that was a very hard quiz. Some of them so... were war guesses. I'll be honest. They're educated guesses, Dara. We're, we're professionals. That's true, that's true. Plus added time. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to throw it over to you now. What have you got for us this week? Well, you know, Nathan, like I said, international break. You know, it's been a long, it's been a long two weeks. You know, uh, sometimes my mind has the ability to just wander, you know. Um, <laughs> and I thought I'd let you inside my mental mind. Um, and I, I've called this my unique peak of the week bit of, <laughs> bit of wordplay there um i'll go through the football ones first um so why does european football have the officials that stand behind the goal and have they ever made a decision in their lives no they never I, ever have i don't know why i don't know why they're only in european football uh, i don't know why they're there i don't know what they do <laughs> nathan do you have any idea no, they're supposed to be official. Do they still have like the magic wand thing? Yeah. They don't have flags, they just have sticks. <laughs> I haven't looked at one of them for ages, but they're, su- they're supposed to help make decisions inside the penalty area, but they don't. They don't do anything. I've heard Gary Lineker rant about these, <laughs> these before, where they're just like, what's the point of them? <laughs> On similar lines to what do they do? What does the fourth official actually do? Besides get berated by <laughs> both sets of managers. I think, again, they're meant to help make decisions, but they very rarely do. Every now and then you see the referee walk over to the fourth official. But I think VAR, if anything, has made them completely redundant. I know. And imagine being a fourth official. I know they're obviously like referees who get rotated into the position, but it must be the worst job in the world. Having Jurgen Klopp as hilarious and as charming a man as he, as he seems he is a terrifying man when he gets angry i've actually got <laughs> a story German about that yelling at you go for I've it got a story about that in person i was you know i'll save it i'll tease you with that that's going to come up at some point probably not i'll probably forget about it um why do footballers wear suits to the games just seems like a waste of time do you reckon it's just i reckon eva it's a dress code thing that yeah. everyone comes and looking smart or they're all like sponsored or something it's i imagine it's to just look smart i guess but it just seems like a bit of a waste of time if they just i'm not saying they come off the um they don't come off the bus in the <laughs> in the full kit but you know you think they'd be allowed to just wear what they want you see in other sports as well i think the nba is another one where all the players have these ridiculous suits as well it's surely it must be a dress code thing it's 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 weird. It's weird. It's stupid. Um, and then this one, just, uh, you know, just a theory I have. <laughs> I have a theory that Millwall don't actually exist. They're just a made-up team that only exists through movies and spread of word. They're kind of like never, hashtag United. I have never in my life seen, heard of a Millwall game. I've never known them to do anything. The most famous thing I remember them from is Green Street. They made them. the FA Cup final once because we beat uh, United beat them in the FA Cup final in two thousand and four. Did I say? <laughs> did it? Did it happen though? That's that's. <laughs> oh shit! That's what this theory is apparently. Um, 
don't do that to me i watched the matrix for the first time in years the other day were millwall in that not after he unplugged no okay <laughs> um okay now we'll move on to just uh, a two minute about general sports and then just uh one or two that i came up with um in the olympics i'd like if they had just like you know a normal bloke who you know runs along the people in each race just to give like an indication of how much better the athletes oh, are than real people. That's a good a reference point for the everyday person. Yeah, I'd like. Brilliant. I'd love to see you know Keith from down the pub up against uh, <laughs> Usain Bolt. <laughs> I don't fancy Keith's chances. I love it. That's that's your best idea so far. Uh, well, you you think that? Wait till you hear this one, Nathan. This is more a question. <laughs> What's with all the coughing and snooker? <laughs> God, you're, so, you're so right world snooker championships you know it's a dead quiet room i've never heard people cough so much in my life than at a snooker match yeah you're right <laughs> i've never even thought about it till just now but why why is it every three five seconds is it <coughs> and that is the perfect cough that's a snooker cough if i've ever heard one so they're fake is that what we're saying? No, it's just, you know, what is it something in the air? Is it, I don't know, because I used to play, you know, back in my PlayStation 2 days, I used to have <laughs> the World Snooker Championship games because they were really good games. But even in the games, y- you can't go about, you know, 10 or 12 seconds without one of those coughs. So it's just a, it's just a weird one. I've never understood. I think if you cough, you should be kicked out immediately. <laughs> Especially in this day and age. Yeah, 100%. Um, you know, if I could just get funding to do that as like a 10-episode a Netflix series, <laughs> what's with all the coughing and snooker? You know, the Twitter, it'll be, you know, you'll hear it at the end. Um, and now just, you know, two, two random ones, Nathan. Do bald people use shampoo or shower gel? Hmm. I'm going to say shampoo because I feel like you could probably still get a dry scalp. Yeah, I don't, I don't know, because it's all, because then it's kind of all just skin, isn't it? Obviously, well, I don't know the rules for shampoo or shower gel, but shampoo is for hair, shower gel is for body. That is, if you learn nothing else from this podcast, that's that. Can, that can we you. get that on the tombstone, please? <laughs> <laughs> uh, or actually, save that uh, tombstone, people listening, because Nathan, I think this is the best of the lot. Have you ever seen a Chinese drive-through? fuck never no. in my never, life i've also never seen an indian drive through though and i don't know why because i'd say they'd make a killing i think it's because the food takes quite a long time to make like it takes like 20 minutes unless really? it's like unless you're just preparing a huge pot of chow mein on the presumption <laughs> people will come and buy it <laughs> well you know Nathan, you have got a point that certainly got me thinking and i will continue <laughs> to think next week with <laughs> unique peak of the week <laughs> Thank you. Oh. Dara, would you like to work as a team? No. Oh, okay. <laughs> Can we end this call now? No, go on. <laughs> I've got in front of me another quiz, and it's a quiz entirely about matches between Manchester United and Liverpool. Ooh. And I thought, originally I was just going to give it to you, but I thought, you know what? Why don't we work together? Okay, okay. I like this. I like this. So... We just load it back up. 
<laughs> Manchester United versus Liverpool. And this is from sportinglife.com. If anyone would like to go and um, we'll pause this because otherwise we're about to ruin it. <laughs> but if you'd like to play along, uh, then here we go. 1994, I imagine you weren't you weren't even a speck in your dad's eye at that point. <laughs> Man United were 3-0 up inside the first 24 minutes. Yep. But what was the final score? I know it straight away. I know it straight away as yeah. well. Yeah. <laughs> Would you like to say it? Three three. It was three three. I, I I'm gonna be baffled if it wasn't. The, uh, <laughs> if it if it wasn't, that'd be a very weird question. Um Wales manager Ryan Giggs scored. Yeah, I remember that as the, the Nigel Clough game. Do you remember Nigel Clough, son of Brian? I do remember. <laughs> yeah, he scored two in that game and I think that's all he ever did. Oh, uh, yeah. Didn't Neil was it Neil Ruddock score for you? Yeah, he yeah, he yeah. does score in that game, doesn't he? He scores the third, yeah. Steve Bruce scored in that game. One for the Newcastle fans. Does Dennis Irwin score a free kick in that game? I wanna say yes. Yeah. My instinct is yes. Two thousand. Were you born yet? Um well I was December two thousand, so it depends when the game took place. Man United nil, Liverpool won. This match ended Liverpool's 10-match losing streak against their arch-rivals. But which player grabbed the winner with a free kick? Well, now, Nathan, I actually have no idea. Nathan, I'll give you a hint. This was a question last week on the show, technically. Oh. I asked you the question, which former Liverpool player scored three winning goals at Old Trafford? Is it Steve, Steven Gerrard? It is not. Gary McAllister? It's another English midfielder. Danny Murphy. Danny Murphy, of course. Gary Neville gave away the free kick. Did you ever see it? Ridiculous handball. <laughs> you'll have to. You'll have to look it up after. I'll have to look it up. Yeah, I will look. To, I will look these up if I don't know them. Ooh, a beautiful picture of a young Oli Gunnar Solskjaer just appeared. Two thousand and two, Liverpool one, United two. So we have a draw, a Liverpool win, and a Man United win. This quiz is very fair. Which player <laughs> struck twice in three minutes? Won a howler from Jersey Dudek to kill oh. the game at Anfield. Yeah, I've got it straight away. Oh. Was it Manchester United manager Ole Gunnar Solskjaer? It wasn't. It was at Anfield, and United were wearing a white kit. Mm. Forlan. It was Diego Forlan. Diego Forlan. I always forget that he used to play for Man United. Yeah, he was a bit of a flop. For as amazing a player as he was, he just couldn't. Didn't he? Alex Ferguson sold him, and then the following season he won like the what is it, the European Golden Shoe or whatever you call it. Yeah, he did. Yeah, and he uh, was he loved a World Cup, and by that I mean he he played good at one World Cup, but uh, he still loved it. Absolute legend of the club, <laughs> a cult hero. Just for those goals, yeah. Uh, 2006, we're on to now. Uh, Man United won, Liverpool nil. Which player was fined £5,000 for over-excessive celebrations in front of the Liverpool crowd? Wes Brown. (laughs) Oh, God, can you imagine if it was Wes Brown? (laughs) Do we even need to think about this one, or should I just say Gary Neville? Yeah, we'll just move on. Not a not a game of great memories. I think that'd be the first Liverpool United game I actually remember watching. 
Oh, really? I think it could be, yeah. Around about that time, anyways. Yep. 2007, well, from calling this a fair quiz, this has really gone lopsided. Yep. Liverpool <laughs> nil, man, had one. <laughs> Which player scored the 90th minute to give 10-man United a firm grip on the title? Dara? God, is it... Do you... Do you I see... I know it's one of two players, but I don't know if it's the game at Anfield or if it's the game at Old Trafford. It's the game at Anfield. Oh, right. Okay. Well, then I know. <laughs> um, ooh, I don't see. I don't even know that much about him. So to like even give you a hint, it's a defender. Um, ooh, I have. Yeah, I'll give you something. His probably like most famous moment in football is nutmegging Luis Figo. I think his most famous moment in football is giving Ireland a win over Germany. Was that a win? Actually, was it a draw? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think it was a draw. Now that you mentioned it as well, yeah. No, I wouldn't put that up there with him. Um, yeah, we'll we'll move on. It's John O'Shea. It was John O'Shea. Absolute <laughs> legend. Absolute hero. Do you know who got sent off, actually? Uh, no. No, Paul... Paul Scholes, he turns around and he tries to box uh, Xabi Alonso. <laughs> Quite the clip. <laughs> Man United 1, Liverpool 4. I don't remember this game, Nathan. Can you refresh my memory? <laughs> really? Which defender? Which Man United defender had an absolute nightmare against it was Vidic? <laughs> I think uh, we, we've only done this for a few weeks and I think we've I've already, you know, wrung out all my uh, Nemanja Midic material. <laughs> well, Vidic v Torres is yeah. as one-sided as, as anything in the entire world history of the planet. <laughs> Vidic never had a good game against Torres, even though I think Torres only scored in like two games against Man United. <laughs> yeah, he was just such a pain in the arse. So it was just <laughs> so unfair. <laughs> oh. As we move on and my internet slows right down. You got any more bits on Vidic to kill time for a second? Um, Sign from Spartak Moscow. He got sent off four times against Liverpool. Three in a row. <laughs> and then his final game, the 3-0 loss at Old Trafford uh, to Brendan Rodgers. Oh, one we talked about last week because a certain someone was there. Man United 3, Ooh. Liverpool 2. Oh. 2010. <laughs> which player scored a superb Patrick, beautiful to watch live. Um, yeah, it's a tough one. <laughs> I think it was Federico Makeda. <laughs> I, I'd love to know what he's doing these days. I bet he's like mayor of he's some like playing Eastern Bruce European. <laughs> Last time I looked him up, he was uh, he was playing in Greece, I think, or Turkey. It was one of them. He's never going to be like mayor of like his hometown in about five years time. That's a prediction I'm putting down right now. 2012, uh, Luis Suarez refused to shake Patrice Evra's hand. Ooh. Oh, God, this is when they met for the first time after. What was the yeah. score in the game? Um, I, I remember it. Suarez actually scored in the game. He did. He did. He did. And I remember, my favourite memory from that is, do you remember Everest tackle on Rio Ferdinand in that game? Everest tackle on Rio Ferdinand? Obviously, he, obviously he, he wasn't trying to um, he wasn't trying oh. to take him out. He was trying to take out Suarez, but he absolutely clatters into Ferdinand, and it's it's amazing. But yeah, the score, 
Do you remember the score? It was United 2, Liverpool 1. It was, it was. 2014, Man United 0, Liverpool 3. Yes. What happened during this match as Liverpool continued their chase for the first title in 24 years? So these, um, I, I think I know it's Gerard related. Yeah, I think I know it's straight away. Yeah. Before Do you want to say it straight away? It's going to be a hat trick of penalties at Old Trafford. A hat trick of. I know he missed one. Yeah, yeah, he hit the post, but yeah. we won. We won three penalties. Yeah. Yeah, sorry, I thought you meant he scored. I was just cutting you off there, like you're wrong. No, <laughs> <laughs> no he did. He missed one there. Do you know that there was no penalties given against Man United? at Old Trafford from, I think it's like 1993 to 2004. Just solid defensive unit. Or, you know, paying the referees. But, you know, either either <laughs> one. It's one of the two. You make up your mind. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 2018, Liverpool 3, Man United 1. You notice how you go to the early to mid-2000s, kind of up to 2010 time, it's all United. And now, ever since th- those questions, we're now like Liverpool 7, United 0. <laughs> <laughs> Who came off the bench to score a brace? Oh, great game. In a, uh, in a game that famously, Mourinho lost his job three days later. He did, yeah. Oh, I forgot about that. I just remember Jesse Lingard scoring at the cop doing that celebration. That was my highlight of the game. Um, I remember yeah. he scored. Do you? So, so do I, yeah. Well, uh-huh. Manny scored in the first half, and then Big Shaq, Shirt and Big Shaq. We say Big Shaq. Man can never be hot <laughs> unless man is Shakiri. Um, Old big legs. <laughs> Would you look at that? We got 10 out of 10. Oh, Nathan, we are incredible. We know our shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, can you tell it's an international break yet, guys? <laughs> oh. oh, well, Dara, last week we got to know me. Yeah. Uh, this week, I think it's only fair that we get to know you. Ooh, interesting. So, <laughs> Didn't see this one coming. <laughs> here we go. Dara. Is that your real name? Um, as far as I know, it is. That's oh. what I. It's on the birth cert. I've got the birth cert to prove it, if nothing else. Uh, Dara, where are you from? I am from the very west of Mayo, in a town called Westport. Are you most famously now a college DJ? Um, no. What? I don't know what you're talking about there. <laughs> what? <laughs> are you not? Are you not a DJ with Ryan? No, oh no, that's just no. That's more of a kind of podcast as well. You can like you're allowed to play a bit of music, but like it's not as radio as you think. It's it's very strange. Oh, he really overplayed it. (laughs) (laughs) We are so disappointed in you. (laughs) It's quite a radio show. Yeah. Thousands of listeners. So you'd say you're not most famously a radio host? Uh, No, I wouldn't say I'm famous. Full stop. But (laughs) definitely. Definitely not for the, the DJ now. And which uh, football club do you support? Um, I mean, uh, I've kind of you know, played it under wraps. I don't think I've made it too obvious in the first few shows. Support Liverpool. <laughs> oh, and why do you support Liverpool? I support Liverpool because, well, family reasons, like always. That's how it should be. But my granddad is originally from Liverpool and grew up in Liverpool. Oh, so you're not some plastic fan. Uh, no, no. He claims to be Scouse, but I've never heard uh, a tinge of Scouse <laughs> off him. So, <laughs> oh, what is your earliest football footballing memory? 
see, well, it's maybe you said last week with the VHSs. It was it when I think about it, it's definitely DVDs. Uh, there's one I remember. It's called like Liverpool 501 Goals, um, where it has loads of stuff. It's a very random one, but um, if you're talking first game, first like proper football memory, it'd be, I think it's like March 2006. It's Liverpool Everton Merseyside Derby. Steven Gerrard gets sent off after about 20 minutes, and we still win 3-1. So, <laughs> you know, Everton never been a threat. <laughs> um, Everton have never been a threat. Yeah, grew up mainly with that. And I mean, I had the 2005 Champions League final DVD where it has like the full game. So I've probably watched that game in its entirety about, I'd say, well over like 50, 60 times. How could you not? It's, what a it's game of football. Incredible, yeah. Do you know in the build up to the second Liverpool goal, Milan Barros is actually offside and it shouldn't have counted. Not not from the shot, but like just like a couple of phases before that. So more wow. you know. It's only weird VAR. Yeah, yeah, it's a weird time. Ah. And what is the first game you attended? Ooh, first it doesn't have to I be attended. Liverpool related, just any was first football match you attended. It is, it is. I've actually never been to to an Ireland game, if you'd believe that. I Obviously, do believe that. I well, being from Mayo. Go. Well, yeah, and being from Mayo, you know, going to Dublin for the day, not exactly fun. My first game I ever went to, October 2006, around Halloween time, we were over visiting relatives. Uh, my mother brought me to see Liverpool versus Aston Villa. Ooh. We won we won 3-1. Uh, do you want me to rattle through the, you know, the lineup just to give you uh, I'd love you to. the sort of era we were in? Uh, this is this is yeah this is prime me growing up watching Liverpool in goal Pepe Reina, Steve Finnan remember Steve Finnan love Steve Finnan, John Arnarisa, Sammy Hoopia, Jamie Carragher, Stephen Gerrard, Jabby Alonso, Dirk Kout, Peter Crouch, Luis Garcia, and Momo Sissoko. Momo Sissoko, right? The good. man Rafa Benitez swears was the uh, man of the match in the 2006 FA Cup final. <laughs> um, <laughs> And then the Villa team, I'll just run through the, you know, the actual names of note. Uh, Olaf Melberg. Always really liked Olaf Melberg. I don't know why, but he's just, when I think of like big, you know, Scandinavian diff, like footballers, I just think Olaf Melberg, just like that massive beard. Uh, Gareth Barry. Oh, Gareth St- Barry. Yeah, Stylian Petrov. Oh. Really liked Stylian Petrov. Good player. He's at Celtic as well. Yeah, he was at Celtic. Yeah, that is the right bat off. Yeah. Uh, and then up front, the troublesome trio of Gabi Banglahor, Juan Pablo Oof. Angel, and Milan Barosh. Ooh. Oof. Chris Sutton was Gabby on the bench. That's a weird one. Gabi Banglahor is such a... He's been around forever. Yeah, I don't think he's officially retired, but he's without a club, but... <laughs> what a massive overhype he was. <laughs> he was just he was just fast, wasn't he? He was just really fast. And he was just kind of from Birmingham, wasn't he? So he just kind of got associated with Villa. I don't know. <laughs> what is your and I think the, the answer's gonna be obvious to, to everyone, but what is your happiest uh time as a Liverpool fan? You know, I'm actually probably not gonna pick the one you're thinking of. Um, are you talking? Wait, are you talking like one moment in particular, or like? Yeah, just like one, just like one, one moment. Night. Yeah, or one one game or one thing that's happened that just that lit you up the most as a Liverpool fan. Okay, then it has to be 
Champions League in Madrid beating Tottenham. It's just, um, I don't know, what can you say? The thing that takes away the Premier League is that you couldn't celebrate it properly. It had to be done yeah. in the house away from everyone, which, like, it would obviously be number one by far, but just because of the night, you know, you're seeing people that you only see once a year down in the pub um, celebrating Hogan. I went, um, I had this one seat in this one pub where I'd watch, I swear on my life, every single game that season sat in the same spot and we got to the final. I got there about four hours early. <laughs> my seat had already been taken by some Joe Schmo who had never <laughs> been in there all season. You know, I didn't hit him, but you know, I could have if I wanted. And you would have had the right to. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um... <laughs> There's something different about, like, I know for you it's like different because you've only seen Liverpool win one league title, but for me, there's something different about winning the Champions League. Yeah, there's a certain magic around it that you're not just the champion of England, uh, as in great achievement as that is in the Premier League because of how tough and uh, non-stop the league is, especially this season. But there's something about the Champions League when you win it. It's just you're basically the best team in the world, aren't you? Because no disrespect to the Club World Cup doesn't really mean anything. I think the Champions League is by far the biggest. Well, as a club, it's obviously the biggest thing you can win. And it's just everyone in Europe. So you've got Real Madrid fans, Barcelona fans, uh, you know, Bayern Munich, uh, AC Milan, all them fans looking. And it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah we're all better than you. <laughs> and they're, they're nighttime games as well, aren't they? They're always on at like a certain yeah. time. That's just perfect to watch football. And uh, for you as a Liverpool fan, then what is what is the lowest moment? See, this is this is a tough one because obviously in the moment, like the lowest I've ever felt is probably as Gareth Bale scored the third uh, against us in the 2018 final when Carius, you know, dropped the ball literally, because um, that had been. That that season, the run to that final was by far my favorite time to support Liverpool. It just, you know, there was just something in the mood where it just everything felt class. The fan, the fans were all coming together. You know, the songs were starting, and just the run to Europe. We had little expectations, and suddenly we're in the final. And for it all to just be taken away with them, um, probably the moment when Salah went off is when we kind of lost it. But to just watch, you know, Lars Carries throw the ball into his own net, not great. But if you're talking like in the moment, the lowest I've ever felt as a Liverpool fan, I'd probably say the end of the 2014-15 season. We'd season four, obviously, we had finished second, nearly won the league, and then the season after, you know, the Champions League run abysmal. Uh, Basel ended up going through, and we didn't uh, in the groups. We ended up getting knocked out by Besiktas in the Europa League. Uh, you know, Steven Gerrard leaves at the end of the season. Looked like a club just lacking direction, lack, lacking, um, you know, the fans. It was a toxic fan base. Stoke were beating us 6-1, 5-0 up at halftime. It was a very it was a very <laughs> weird time to be alive. Just felt we were going nowhere, really, as a club. That's what I'd say for my lowest moment, anyways. It's the one I thought you were going to pick, because it just felt like everything, all the hard work to get Liverpool back up to being contenders was just gone after one after obviously the Den Bar situation 
and after that season and then it was just like it just all unraveled so fast in front of everyone yeah obviously at the time when Jared slipped I, I, at that exact moment I didn't really feel the league was gone but it was it was definitely the game after you know the Palace 3-3 that yeah, game destroyed game. me yeah <laughs> oh, it was just and uh, for you who is your favourite Liverpool player of all time well I'm going to make this really complicated when I was growing up I was um I was left-footed, and you know you you don't get too many left-footed footballers in your team. And because he was so like explosive from fullback and explosive, his foot was pretty explosive as well. John Arnaris's free kicks and just his long-range shots loved everything about the man. Um, and he once uh, replied to me uh, in his Instagram comments. That's probably the oh. proudest moment of my life. Big yeah, I don't time. think that's going to be topped anytime soon. Um, but. Oh, it's a tough one, isn't it? Probably Steven Gerrard. Just has to be. It's very boring. Answer. Yeah, we're we're very boring people. Last week I said Beckham. This week I rambled on for five minutes about Chinese drive-throughs. You know, we're, <laughs> and then we're said boring. Steven Gerrard. <laughs> James Milner. <laughs> oh, and who who for you is? I'm going to say the best piece of business or so the best piece of transfer business. Or the, I'm going to say the most important piece of transfer business that Klopp has done. That Klopp has done, okay. Um, it has to be Van Dijk, doesn't it? Just, yeah, when I was looking, I think I mentioned this on the first show, we were something like 20, 23 games unbeaten, something mad like that. Mm-hmm. But as soon as he came in, I've never seen one player just like single-handedly just improve a team so much. He just came in and suddenly Dejan Lovren actually looked like a footballer. It was incredible. He kind of gave the, um, you know, he gave Trent Alexander-Arnold and Andy Robertson more freedom to attack up the pitch. You know, the midfield had to, like, worry less defensively. Um, And then once Alisson was signed, that was just the moment when it was like, yeah, we've got this. We've definitely got this sort of now, lads. But Salah, again, can you look past Salah's goals? Well, I'm going to because I'm picking Van Dyke, but <laughs> Salah, Salah for what, 35 million? It's a steal. Mental. He turned his career around from Chelsea when he really didn't look the part in his brief time there. Yeah. And he turned it all around. He was still obviously really young, but what what a player, but Van Dyke, great piece of business. I, I thought it was going to be Van Dyke or Allison. Yeah, it has. Yeah, it has to be. I has thought you to. were just gonna say best bit of business, and I'd probably say Coutinho signing him for like twelve mil, selling him for a hundred and forty. Good God! And if you could pick one player from any time, from any time that they were playing for Everton, and sign them for <laughs> Liverpool, who would you pick? <laughs> okay, that's a weird one. Well, and... I was going to say United, but I feel like everyone does that. They're like, oh, I'll pick one best player from, and then, like, you always see and just go, oh, I'd pick Paul Scholes or yeah, something Ronaldo. like that. Yeah. But I think, I think let's look at your actual proper blood rivals. Well, right now, you know, I take any centre-back I could get me mitts on, <laughs> but um, <laughs> still Jackie Hilke, no. Um, I don't know. When I think of Everton, the one player who I used to always think Oh, he's a proper footballer. I'd love to have him at Liverpool. Tim Cahill. Just, he played for Everton, but I just, there was something about Tim Cahill that you just couldn't hate. Do you know what I mean? He's a real dirt kite. 
Yeah, he's like, and I swear he's only like five foot two, but yet he just scored he's like tiny, yeah. twenty headers a season. You're not fancying Phil Neville? Um, yeah, okay, let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> Cheers. Oh, and what is your predictions for the rest of this season for Liverpool um, in the Champions League and in the league? Uh, you can talk about the FA Cup if you want. But uh, are you even? <laughs> are you still in it? No, it's not started yet. <laughs> I don't even know what's going on. Um, oh, well, again, if you'd asked me this at the start of the season, I, I to be honest, predicted we'd, we'd win the two. I thought we'd win the two big ones. I thought that's just... I thought we'd the perfect team in the perfect moment. But obviously, you know, circumstances and that. Um, I'd, mm, I'd say we'll probably finish second, probably. I'd say Man City will somehow come back and win this league still. I don't think anyone outside of them two are going to win it, if I'm being honest. But it's with, still super close, but yeah, consistency. With no centre-backs as well, you know. It's not... I don't fancy our chances. Champions League, I'd say... If, you know, if they get to a... If they do better than last season. Last season, we got knocked out in the round of 16. If they do better than that, you know, fair play to them. You always forget that you got knocked out in the round of 16 because of the Premier League. No one Men, talks about yeah. quite a poor... Champions League defence. Uh, oh well, it doesn't very, matter, does it? Very weird. Some about Liverpool playing away in Europe just doesn't work, and I've never been able to figure out what it is. <laughs> yeah, you always need that Anfield massive comebacks. Yeah, and then Adrian to just you know ruin them. But <laughs> I digress. What was the last Liverpool game you went to? Ooh, I'm so glad you asked this, Nathan. Actually, it's against Man United. It's the <laughs> It was the game in January where we bet you 2-0 when Salah scored right at the end. And it was the first game. I think all, you know, well, all Liverpool fans, probably, what, like 50,000 people in the stadium? I think I was the only one in the stadium not singing that we're going to win the league. Uh, I don't know why, looking back. I think we're something like 20, 22 points clear. It was just weird. We had two goals disallowed, one for offside, one for um, Van Dijk leaning against David De Gea. <laughs> that was so weird. I watched that down the pub and... It's one of those moments where it's such a baffling decision that all your, all the kind of, the part of you that's like, well, that's obviously a foul. You know how you react and you get angry when anything happens against you because you're too, because when you're a passionate football fan, you're just a bit of an idiot. But it was (laughs) so weird that even I was in the pub and I was like, what the fuck just happened? (laughs) Yeah, he doesn't like, he doesn't clatter into him. He just kind of like goes up. He's just there. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's such a weird decision to, to if you've not seen it maybe I, I don't know then probably will be some sad that uploaded a youtube clip of it because it's not exactly the biggest moment in the history of football but like david de just goes to catch the ball and it just so happens van dyke is standing there like that's it and i don't think he doesn't jump into him either does he he's just kind of there oh, he's literally just standing there <laughs> He's just like leaning against them. I, like, yeah, I don't know. And then Some, sometimes you hear fans go, oh, this referee would penalise so-and-so would pick on him just for being on the pitch. He literally got penalised for being on the pitch. <laughs> and then there's like Brandon Williams, I think. The ball falls to him. He completely stops playing. Then he tries to like run it into the corner, just loses it. Yeah. And we score. And then, yeah, it's, you know, we, we, we win the game in the end. Salah scores. Allison does the world's longest knee slide, I think, ever. 
if the Guinness World Records could get onto that and give me a text, that'd be handy because <laughs> that boy could move. <laughs> what a game. Good what a game, game of football. We were never in it at any point. You really weren't, towards. And I, my favourite thing about that is that it was 1-0 for age. It's kind of similar to the Champions League final. 1-0 up early on, Van Dijk scores a header. And it just drags and drags and drags. And you're thinking, they're going to score. It's United, they're going to score. And then as soon as the Salah goal goes in, yeah, it's just the end. stadium absolutely erupts. Yeah, you. it was a weird game. Because though I just said United were never in it. It was also a really just boring game. Yeah. Like you went 1-0 up. And then, as you said, it was just... You kind of just watched it and you were just waiting for either side to do something. Yeah. And I felt like Liverpool were there like, well, they're going to attack. And then we were like, well, we, we might. <laughs> yeah. Just not yet. <laughs> you lose Shaw at centre-back. I remember, like, just yeah. confusion. I think that was one of the first times you'd done it. And you just see Brandon Williams and Luke Shaw both on the pitch. And you're thinking, how's, how's that going to work? Is he that worried about Salah? It worked. It, it was... It's, it's a weird thing that Oli would do and it's kind of like how Gareth Southgate plays Kyle Walker at right centre half for England it yeah. it works occasionally like and there were some games where especially in the in the city derbies in the Manchester derbies um it worked against them but it was never going to work against like Luke Shaw's come on a little bit the last season yeah to look kind of a more composed player but he's going to lose his spot to tells anyway so has Brandon Williams played this season yeah but he Ollie apparently wants to use him which is why Dallow went on loan he wants him to be back up to Wan-Bissaka on the right because Brandon Williams is actually right-footed is it is he yeah he's not left-footed he's right-footed I I remember he looked like well not like decent but he looked like a solid young lad when he first started playing yeah he did he had a good season last season like it it kind of went off the boil a little bit towards the end, but when you're so young and inexperienced, yeah. you can kind of forgive that. But I think he's going to be a good player. But yeah, he's going to be mostly be playing on the right. Yeah. Um, then again, I thought John Flanagan was going to be the next big thing. So you know, John <laughs> don't take everything. Flanagan, that's a don't name. take everything I say literally. <laughs> Do you remember who was the um, Rossiter? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Remember when he scored and everyone was like, "The next Steven Gerrard has arrived." Yeah, I... sold to Rangers like immediately. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was because he had like he had like the Steven Gerrard 2000 haircut, where it was just like really short, and he was just like a young scouse lad who play, who happened to play centre midfield. Yeah, oh, he was just, you know, he wasn't a bad player, but he just wasn't a Liverpool midfielder in any way, shape, or form. <laughs> well, he's he's shown because he's never come back to the Premier League <laughs> you clearly made the right decision yeah I don't yeah. even know where he is now I don't think he's at Rangers anymore I've no idea the only thing I remember about him is he was in a press conference with Steven Gerrard at Rangers and um what happens in it he like one of the reporters asked Jordan Rossiter if he doesn't I'm gonna get this so wrong but it's something like if he doesn't play well does he expect to still be in the team and Gerrard just completely cuts off Jordan Rossiter and he goes Oh no no! If he doesn't play well, then I won't start him. <laughs> it's like Jesus. you know, it's not the Gerard. it's 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 something like that. I've definitely got it like the complete opposite of what happened, <laughs> but it's something it's something like that. Oh, and finally, getting back to this, the final question: What is the best moment you've watched live? Oh, I'm gonna have to go for in 2014. I was at the game when Liverpool bet Man City three two. 
it's it's it'll be remembered the game as when Gerard said this does not slip uh before uh going on two weeks later to uh, slip on his arse uh <laughs> probably on like the exact same spot as where he did the did that little uh group huddle actually but uh no it was a great game of football we scored two goals really early and um i was in the cop i was in the cop about three rows from the front so i had like one of the best seats in the whole stadium Go 2-0 up early. City score two goals. James Milner, ironically, comes off the bench for City and just tears us apart. Gets it back to 2-2. And then, uh, ooh, who has a throw-in? It's Liverpool or City. One of us has a throw-in. Goes into the box. Company goes to clear it. He just shanks the clearance. Falls to Coutinho. And he scores with about 10 minutes to go. Um, And just, I've never... You know, I was in the middle of that 20... Well, not the middle of the 30-40 season, but it was in the middle of when everyone had kind of accepted that we were going to win the league and just the just like the happiness and the joy around the city i remember like like that weekend just not like i've never had anything like it everyone was just happy in liverpool which is a rare thing but um, (laughs) you know it was it was great it was a great moment yeah (laughs) well we've hope you've enjoyed this podcast which has no doubt been a great moment if a moment can be an hour long. <laughs> <laughs> I hope you feel like you know us a little bit better now in terms of footballing sense. And uh, next week we will deliver Celtic fan TV. I hope so. I hope so. <laughs> if we don't, Dara's fired. Uh, that's fair enough. I'll take the blame for that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Dara, where can people find you on Twitter? And have you got anything else going on you want to plug? Twitter gibbons underscore dara um i've recently started a new radio show on dcu fm they're gonna kill me i don't know the exact thing um <laughs> no nathan go on take it away <laughs> you can find me. me at nathan greenaway uh in terms of project dits you can find uh everything and everyone affiliated with project dits at project d-i-t-s uh that's after the project that's not how you spell project uh i was also recently on the worst wrestling podcast that's the name of the podcast i'm not being rude uh with some of the guys from project dits uh ryan was on there as well from the hallway graps and then uh the guys from the worst wrestling podcast we uh talked about survivor series and we made our own survivor series teams and i ruined it for us what were they based on can you give anthony away what the survive series teams yeah yeah well yeah i can uh the worst wrestling pod guys was based on trying to make the best team Ooh. uh dits emailed in his one which was based on trying to make the best team ryan made a weird mixture of the best team and something strange and i made a cult <laughs> cult of personality what type of cult did you make ah gothic <laughs> I'm, okay, I'm guessing it's something to do with the brood. <laughs> Am I on the right lines? Uh, he, he might have been there. Gangrel might have been there. Gangrel, wow. Yeah, so, uh, and I think the voting is still open for who your favourite team was. I'm glad they worded it like that and not who's the best team. <laughs> and we've got to hope we don't come, I didn't even tell you this. Um, if we come last, we've then got to make like adverts for the other podcasts telling them how great they are. But last I checked, we were in second, so I think we're good. Oh, phew. Would I have been part of that? 
yeah yeah they even oh. told me you had to be part of it and i then said i was like oh god i haven't even told him <laughs> you haven't told me until right now well i didn't actually they invented the the punishment uh this ending has trailed off they invented the punishment on the podcast so i was just sat there like shit i don't even tell dara any of this <laughs> but guys uh we are well past plus added time now and uh we will speak to you again alongside celtic fan tv next week bye guys Good luck.